It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, December 8th, 2022. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Sitka author John Straley has published a new novel. The story weaves a little-known strand of 1960s pop culture into the fabric of life in a remote southeast Alaska fishing town. KCAW's Robert Woolsey recently spoke with Straley about the book and what's next for one of Alaska's most prolific fiction writers. The novel is called Blown by the Same Wind, and like all of John Straley's books, there is more to the title than meets the eye. Writing mysteries and detective fiction is just Straley's day job. By night, Alaska's former writer laureate is a poet and a student of literature and history. During his decades working as an investigator for the Alaska Public Defender Agency, Straley says he kept a quote from the monk Thomas Merton on the cover of all his notebooks. And I wrote this quote down, and it was... uh... I am blown by the same wind that moves all of these people down the street like dead leaves and bits of paper in all directions. Knowing that he carried Thomas Merton with him as he explored the criminal underbelly of southeast Alaska, it's a little surprising that it's only in Straley's 12th and latest novel that Merton makes an appearance. I asked Straley to tell me the story of the story, which begins shortly after Merton, a Cistercian monk living at a monastery in Kentucky, had published a best-selling book called The Seven-Story Mountain, making him something of a superstar in the world of spirituality. Dozens and dozens of tourists would come to want to sit at the feet of Thomas Merton. The abbot suggested that he go someplace more remote and to uh, pray and meditate and serve a small community, and they talked about coming to Alaska. In 1968, Merton actually did come to Alaska, and he wrote some letters indicating that after his trip was over, he was going to come back and live in Alaska, and uh, in southeastern Alaska, although he was nervous about bears. Anyway, he after he was in Alaska, he went to California and then to Asia, uh, and where he traveled, he met with the Dalai Lama. He was also of interest to the FBI and the CIA because he was uh, not in support of the war in Vietnam. And uh, he died in Bangkok. His brothers found him under a electric lamp, which they thought must have killed him. That Merton actually came to Alaska and may have moved here had he not died suspiciously was all Straley needed to weave him into the fictional world of Blown by the Same Wind. It's an interesting story, full of conspiratorial overtones. And so I thought, that's just perfect for me. So I thought up every conspiratorial frame of mind that I could from 1968, researched all different kinds of things, and have Thomas Merton come to my little fictional town of coal storage and get involved in a big messy crime. Blown by the Same Wind is Straley's fourth novel set in the fictional southeast Alaskan town of Cold Storage. He's written eight other novels in a different series featuring his 'er ne'er-do-well detective Cecil Younger. His plan is to write a novel for each series in alternate years. Twelve novels so far, some poetry collections, an anthology, and a biography make John Straley one of Alaska's most prolific writers. But there is a small problem. He doesn't live in Alaska anymore. Earlier this fall, Straley and his wife, the noted humpback whale biologist Jan Straley, moved to Carmel, California. Straley is trying to make the adjustment. I love the climate there. It's good for my health. It's good for my wife's health. 
I love the food down there, the fresh vegetables, but I miss the people here. Straley has been knocking around some of the roughest corners of Alaska for about four decades. He's in Steinbeck country now, and he's already noticed that the preponderance of residents appear thin, rich, and healthy. But there are plenty of thin and healthy people in Alaska. Straley is having to recalibrate his ideas about rich. Brad Pitt has a $42 million home in Carmel, California now, with like 62 or something fireplaces. He hired a guy just to work on his fireplaces. Wow. That's where I'm rolling now. That's uh-huh. the kind of crowd I'm in. Does Brad Pitt have uh, a library? He should. I haven't driven up to the gates with the guard dogs and the men in black suits and sniper rifles to try to drop a book off, but you never know. Straley feels obligated to write another novel about Detective Cecil Younger since the last title in the series, So Far and Good, saw our hero locked up in the Lemon Creek Correctional Center. I've just got to get poor Cecil out of jail, Straley says. Next comes a biography of his wife, Jan, and only then might he turn his attention and his pen to Northern California. There is literally no place John Straley can't work. Everybody has failings and tries to cover them up and uh, gets in trouble. Everybody gets in trouble. And so, and I have to say, there's some beautiful country around Big Sur and some crazy people down around there and near where I live. So... Every place is worthy of a writing about. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Author John Straley will read from Blown by the Same Wind at 6 p.m. today, Thursday, December 8th, at Old Harbor Books in Sitka. December is chock full of events that bring small towns together. But this holiday season, a number of groups in Petersburg are also getting excited about a pragmatic gift from the borough. It's a machine about the size of a refrigerator. And it promises to help with the child care crisis, the police department, and the labor shortage. KFSK's Rachel Cassandra reports. Police Chief James Kerr is opening the first box from a huge pile in a side room at the police station. Let's see. That's electronic signature pad. He's checking parts of his master list of components. These are a lot bigger boxes than I was expecting. Oh, they are? Yeah, I guess I just had no idea how big a fingerprint machine would be. So what is the printer for? Does that print? That'll print out so when people come in and they want to take the cards with them, it'll print out all their fingerprint cards. Oh, okay. The machine is a LiveScan 1000, an electronic fingerprint machine. It cost the borough just under $22,000. The borough used ARPA grant money, which is federal funding for COVID relief. But the police department wasn't the first to request the LiveScan 1000. Chelsea Tremblay heads the borough's Early Childhood Education Task Force. She says it's been hard for child care facilities to hire new people. Fingerprinting is a part of the background process, and the process for getting fingerprints done here in town was slow and frustrating. In the past, applicants would get fingerprinted at the police station the old-fashioned way, with ink and paper. Then applicants had to mail in those fingerprint cards to whatever office is processing their paperwork. There are a lot of reasons why people need to get fingerprints done. Sometimes it's for a job. Sometimes it's for a different kind of application. Charlay Mamoui runs Petersburg's Children's Center. 
She says fingerprinting is required when they're hiring people. We are bound by state licensing regulations, and state licensing regulations says that um, the person that we hire has to be of sound mind and body and criminal history. The biggest hitch comes when those cards aren't done correctly. And, Mamoui says, it's harder to do than you might think. Um, it's not like you just can slap your fingerprints onto a card and just call it good. And when they do come back smudged, we won't know about that until after they've been rejected from the state. Chief Kerr says that fingerprint cards are rejected all the time. It might look good to us, but it didn't meet the quality that they needed. And this thing will tell us right away. And Mamoui says the Children's Center has actually lost applicants because of how long the process was taking. Sometimes they already have other better paying jobs, and sometimes they're just like, this is taking forever, I really don't want to, I found something different, or whatever it may be. The machine also has the potential to allow Petersburg residents to get more creative about solving the child care crisis. Tremblay says the Early Childhood Education Task Force is trying to do just that. For example, we were brainstorming how cool would it be to be able to have a volunteer network of people that could be extra bodies in a room at a child care center uh, when they need them? Even that idea was running into this roadblock. Chief Kerr walks me out to the garage to the metal cabinet that will hold the machine. Kerr says the machine will also be able to compare fingerprints yes. to national electronic records. If we have someone who's refusing to tell us who they are, and they get arrested, we enter them in as John Doe or Jane Doe, and we should have results back within an hour or so. Something that the, I think the community's needed for a long time. Yeah, I can't wait to get this thing installed, and then we got to put it together. Yeah. Borough manager Steve Giesbrecht worked with the chief on the machine's purchase. He says in the future, Petersburg may be able to use the machine to jump through even more bureaucratic hoops. Applicants could use it to apply for TSA pre-check or to get their TWIC cards. That stands for Transportation Worker Identity Credential. Those cards are necessary for workers who need higher security clearance for maritime facilities and vessels. Tremblay says it's especially cool that this single piece of technology will impact so many different groups in Petersburg. This is something that really touches a lot of people's lives but they don't know it until it's about to impact them, and then it's very frustrating. So it feels really good that this broad group of people were able to collectively identify this as something that was really frustrating, and then we had the funds available, we had staff interested in pursuing it, taking it seriously, and now we have a solution. The police department is waiting for one more part for the machine. Then HID Global, who makes the machine, will install it. The company will also train officers in the police department on how to take fingerprints. Reporting in Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.